We're back on the Immigration Now. We're a little dead spot there for a second. That was David and me talking about something else. Um, so let's take a look at this. The, the Attorney General is clearly authorized to do what he did. He can grant asylum if an alien is unwilling to return to the country of origin because they suffered past persecution or well-founded fear of future persecution on account of race, religion, nationality, and persecution of a group of political opinion. That's the statute. So the, the, the Immigration Nationality Act authorized the Attorney General, alien is unable or unwilling to return to the country, which is pretty easy to define, political opinion, a little fuzzier, and membership. What does it mean to be a particular... It's been defined over time. It hasn't gotten easier. It's been defined over time. It hasn't gotten easier. We've got a greater understanding of what it means. Um, now, here's what Sessions says. The prototypical refugee flees her home country because the government has persecuted her, either directly through its own actions or indirectly by being unwilling or unable to prevent the misconduct of non-government actors. It's been defined over time. It hasn't gotten easier. We've got a greater understanding, which is pretty easy to define. Political opinion, a little fuzzier, and membership alien is unable or unwilling to return to the country because they have suffered alien is unable or unwilling. For listening. We're back on the Immigration Now. We're a little dead spot there for a second. Past persecution or well-founded fear of future alien is unable or unwilling. What does it mean to be a particular social group? There have been literally thousands of opinions from the Board of Immigration Appeals what this means over time. Uh, Session says this has evolved over time. That's not true. It hasn't evolved, evolved over time. It's been defined over time. It hasn't gotten easier. We've got a greater understanding of what it means. Um, now, here's what Session says. The prototypical refugee flees her home country because the government has persecuted her, either directly through its own actions or indirectly, by being unwilling or unable to prevent the misconduct of non-government actors based on a statutorily protected ground. Again, that's generally what you see, but not always. When the persecutor is not a part of the government, the immigration judge must consider both the reason for the harm inflicted and the government's role in sponsoring or enabling such actions. Now, that's literally completely opposite of what he just stated as black letter law. If you go back to his first sentence, the government is unable or unwilling to prevent the misconduct of the government. And now he says whether the government's role in sponsoring or enabling such actions. You don't sponsor or enable such actions by being unable to prevent the misconduct. I mean, this is, the the logic used here is a mile wide and a, a millimeter thick. Um, now, here's what's interesting. An alien may suffer threats and violence in a foreign country for any number of reasons related to her social, economic, family or personal circumstances, yet the asylum statute does not provide the redress for all misfortune. But it does provide redress for economic harm that rises to the level of persecution, social harm that rises to the level of persecution, family harm that rises to the level of persecution, and personal circumstances that rise to the level of persecution. He literally doesn't cite anything. What's remarkable here is the lack of citation in this decision to any authority whatsoever other than Jeff Sessions and whatever Minion wrote this for him, personal opinion. Um, uh, for example, they quote 
from matter of RA. This is a 1999 decision of the Board of Immigration Appeals, uh, where the board held that the mere existence of shared circumstances would not turn those possessing this country into a particular group. True. Uh, they must share a common immutable characteristic and be socially distinct. Um, and here's what's interesting. As, as Jeff goes on here, as he talks about the, uh, the board here, as he talks about uh, his decision, uh, he writes this. I do not believe that ARCG correctly applied the board's precedence, and I now overrule it. But he doesn't refer to any real precedence in this case. Um, and what's amazing about this is he cites to no federal court opinions that support his standard. Um, in this manner, he says, the immigration judge initially denied a response to asylum claim, which arises out of allegations of domestic abuse suffered in El Salvador. In reversing the immigration judge's decision, the board did little more than cite ARCG and finding that she met her burden of establishing her physical social group, which is what they're supposed to do. In addition to failing meaningfully to consider that question, or whether the respondent's persecution was on an account of her membership, the board gave insufficient deference to the factual findings of the immigration judge, in Jeff Sessions' opinion. Um, now, I know uh, the lawyer who did this case, and this judge in this case, denies every single case for asylum that appears before him. Uh, he is not a judge that in any way considers facts in ways to look at whether somebody should be granted asylum, but rather looks at them in a mode whether they should be denied asylum. So he decided to vacate the board's decision and remand for further proceedings before the immigration judge consistent with this opinion. Uh, so let's take a look more about his. So first of all, he's gonna, he goes through the process here of talking about uh, this individual foreign national um, who claimed when she entered the country in 2014 <clears throat> that her ex-husband, with whom she shares three children, repeatedly abused her physically, emotionally, and sexually during and after their marriage. The immigration judge denied the application for four reasons. She was not credible. The group she claimed membership in did not qualify as a social group, and even if it did, she failed to establish she was a member, and that it was a central reason for persecution, and she failed to show the government was unable or unwilling to help her. The board reversed and remanded with an order to grant asylum after completion of background checks as a matter of AB. The board reversed the judge's credibility determinations as clearly erroneous, which they entitled to do, and concluded that social group was substantially similar to married women in Guatemala who were unable to relieve the relationship, which the board recognized as a matter of ARCG. However, the board held that the IJ clearly erred in finding a respondent could leave her ex-husband, and the respondent established that her ex-husband persecuted her because of her established status as a Salvadoran woman unable to leave the relationship. Finally, the board determined the government was unwilling or unable to protect the respondent. Everything the board was allowed to do. They renewed these cases de novo, without, without deference to the immigration judge. The immigration judge then issued another order certifying and returning the case to the board, um, and the board then sent it back again. 
The immigration judge observed the Federal Court of Appeal that recently held the domestic violence could value victims failed to prove their entitlement to asylum based on members in social groups. So he cited a couple of cases from the Seventh Circuit, Eighth Circuit, and the First Circuit, and the Sixth and the First Circuit. The judge believed these precedents relied upon by the board were no longer good law. So basically, they're relying on what the judge, what this immigration judge said, who is being supported by uh, individuals outside the bar in support of his opinion. In particular, he cited the Fourth Circuit's case, which denied a review for an alien that had not established her resignation was on account of a particular social this is, this is Velasquez v. Sessions. Distinguishing ARCG because of the DHS concessions, the court of Velasquez said, quote, Evidence consistent with acts of private violence or that merely shown individual has been the victim of criminal that does not constitute every persecution on statutory protected ground. That is true. That is absolutely true. The asylum statute was not intended as a panacea for numerous personal altercations that invariably characterize economic and social relationships. Now, as, as they go on here, they rely on Judge Wilkinson's concurring opinion, uh, who said this. Um, Noting that victims of private violence were seizing particular social group in such applications, Wilkinson considered the example of applicants who claim to be victims of gang violence. Aliens seeking asylum on that basis are often not exposed to more violence or even rights violations than other members of society, and not in a substantially different situation from anyone who has crossed the gang or is perceived to be a threat of gang's interest. So he he compared victims of domestic violence to gang members, of people who are who are persecuted by gangs and recognize that the board itself has explained that victims of gang violence come from all segments of society and therefore are hard to conclude in any group as actually perceived by the criminal gangs and is much narrower than the general population. Um, so as, as Trump, as, as Sessions goes on here, uh, he first uh, addresses some of the procedural complaints uh, that uh, were raised in, in his uh, authority to review the case. Um, and uh, he, uh, he says this um, as he deals with that. The Immigration Act grants the Attorney General the authority to review such administrative determinations in immigration proceedings, delegate such authority, and perform such other acts as the AG determines to be necessary to carry out his duties. And so he kind of dismisses this idea that he didn't have authority to do this. Um, also raised, of course, were the due process concerns. Both Repondent and certain Amakai also raise due process concerns with my certification in this matter. They argue principally that my certification improperly bypassed the board and deprived it of the opportunity to consider the certified question in the first instance. Um, but he says the board exercised only Castro, only authority provided by the Central by the General, citing to his own opinion of last week in matter of Castro Tum. He said, in any event, the respondent has already received full and fair opportunities to present her asylum claim before both the IJ and the board. And after those proceedings, the IJ and the board issued written decisions to analyze the validity of the case. Basically says, ah, because I can, I'm going to do it. Um, so now he gets to this issue of the asylum application. Um, uh, and he goes through, in the first part of his decision, uh, his, his authority for reviewing these cases. Um, and he starts on page 327 of what's called 27 INN DEC, um, uh, uh, AG 2018, for matter of A and B. In the number of opinions spanning several decades, the board has articulated and refined the standard for persecution on account of membership in a particular social group so that this category is not boundless. 
and they start with matter of Acosta, which has been the law forever, uh, applying what's called the canon of ejusdem generis. The board concluded that Pate's particular social group should be considered in a, construed in a manner consistent with the other grounds of persecution in the statute, race, religion, nationality, political opinion, noting that each of these terms describes a characteristic that either beyond the power of an individual to change or so fundamental to an individual identity or conscience that it ought not to be required to be changed. The board concluded that persecution on account of membership in a social group must similarly mean persecution that is directed toward an individual who is a member of a group, all of whom share a common immutable characteristic. The board stated this definition preserved the concept that refuge is restricted to individuals who are either unable by their own actions or as a matter of conscience should not be required to avoid persecution. Uh, they then looked in 99 at matter of RA about, quote, whether the repeated spouse abuse inflicted on a respondent makes her eligible for asylum as an alien who has been persecuted on account of her membership. And he said, in a thorough, well-reasoned decision, the board first looked at the plain language of the INA, finding no definitive answer in the language, the board looked at the, in which the other grounds are construed on the account of clause, and following significant guidance concluded that the RA was not eligible for asylum for two reasons. First, her social group, Guatemalan, who have been involved intimately with Guatemalan male companions who believe they are living in a male denomination, who are to live under male denomination, do not qualify as a social group. And second, if she did qualify, she failed to throw a next between her husband's abuse and her membership in that group. I'm going to come back and analyze this a little further, because this gets into the real thing that's going on here, the overturning of decades of precedent. Back in a minute on Immigration Hour. Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano o tiene problemas con inmigración o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración, conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611, o visítenos al www.immigration.net. This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings at 9 o'clock for Medicine on Call. On Medicine on Call, we talk about more than medicine. It's about how to take control of your mind, body, and spirit. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Now, the reason most immigration lawyers back here on Immigration Hour think about matter of RA, they go, what's matter of RA? I, that's not a case. That's because the Attorney General vacated matter of RA in January 2001 and directed the board to stay consideration of the case pending final publication of a rule offering guidance on persecution of such a group. This is Reno. No rule ever issued. Uh, and then Mukasey lifted the stay and ordered the board to reconsider the case in light of the interviewing board and judicial decisions. And once again, in December 2009, the board issued another opinion in matter of RA in which they jointly stipulated that person was eligible for asylum. So there is no matter of RA precedent. It's gone. Um, and uh, he said, well, the board and then, of course, have relied on RA. Well, not really, because it's not precedent. It's never been precedent because his case was dismissed. Um, now, 
the board has refined its interpretation of matter of, of, of social group matter of CA, uh, which was affirmed in uh, Castillo Arias versus Attorney General in the Eleventh Circuit, where the board held that a cognizable social group should be generally easily recognizable and understood by others to constitute social groups. The board, the board defined the particular requirement as, quote, whether the Perot's group can accurately be described in a manner sufficiently distinct that the group would be recognized in the society in question as a discrete class of persons. In matter of EAG and 08, the board further explained that the extent to which members of a society perceive those with the characteristics in question as members of a social group is the particular importance of determining whether an alien is a member of a claimed social group. Now, the most basic social group out there is family. Family is a social group. It's identifiable. You are part of that family. And I have won countless asylum cases over the years as people who are members of a specific family. Um, now, a lot of people have argued, well, that's the family is, could be very general. There could be one member and a third cousin could be a family. True. We're talking about really immediate family here. Uh, so as, as Sessions continues to go through his analysis of this, he continues to rely on and says this. The board explained that their definitions do not advocate or depart from ACOSTA, but rather clarify how the definition of social group had developed through a case-by-case adjudication. Um, now, as uh, Sessions continues here in his decision, um, he points out to a couple of circuit courts that expressed skepticism of matter of ARCG, uh, in which uh, he says the board has established a brand new category of cognizable particular social groups. Now, I will I will say, and everybody should know this, there has been a move a a, a, a social movement for years to get the board to recognize uh, battered spouses as a social group. Um, and uh, the question has always been, how, how do they become socially cognizable? Uh, do they have to be beat up by their spouses? People hold oh, they have to be beat up by their spouses. Do they have to make police reports so that they, they're recognized by society? Um, all that's been a little bit unclear. And matter of ARCG said, look, if you're a married woman and you're battered by your spouse, we're going to recognize that as a particular social group. Uh, the court said in Velasquez Sessions uh, concluded uh, that the asylum claim concerned personal private conflict rather than persecution on a, on, on a protected ground. That's Velasquez versus Sessions in the Fourth Circuit. And then says in the Eighth Circuit, relying on Fuentes Arraso, declined to approve a particular social group of Honduran women in domestic relationships who are unable to relieve their relationships after distinguishing ARCG because the actual membership in the social group was undisputed. Um, very fine line. The Eleventh Circuit denied the asylum application of women who claim membership in a group of indigenous, indigenous women who live with a domestic partner and who suffer abuse and cannot leave safely from that domestic partner relationship. The court recognized uh, ARCG that, quote, DHS conceded they suffered past persecution and the persecution was membership in a particular social group. They said, because, but ARCG didn't concede, therefore it was bad. So, recession says ARCG is wrongly decided and should not have been issued as a presidential decision. Um, DHS conceded almost all the legal requirements for a victim of private crime to qualify for a group. To that extent, the board examined the legal questions. Its analysis lacked rigor, rigor and broke with the board's own precedents. And it continues, the board should not have issued as a possession decision because he has conceded most of the relevant legal questions. Um, and then he goes through this, uh, his, his stuff here, about why this is, is done. Then he, then he says this, Had the board properly analyzed the issues, it would have been clear that the social group group was not cognizable. 
The board's approach in ARCG was contrary to the appropriate way the board has in the past and must in the future approach such claims. By accepting DHS's concessions as conclusive, the board and ARCG created a misleading impression concerning the cognizability of similar social groups and the viability of asylum claims premised upon persecution on account of membership in social groups. Um, so this has been, um, uh, as, as he continues in this opinion, um, continues to go back to ARCG and how the DHS conceded, and that concession in and of itself cannot be the basis for granting asylum. So is he saying, well, if DHS concedes, you can't grant asylum? Very, very unclear uh, about that, uh, whether that's going to be the case. Uh, and then finally, he talks about the nexus requirement that the, the DHS conceded in that case uh, and went forward on. Um, now, finally, he says this, having overruled the decision of ARCG. Now, question, does that mean ARCG loses her asylum? She may, in fact, be a permanent resident at this point. I don't know. He says, I must vacate the board's decision in this case, which is a matter of AB as well. Um, the board's cursory analysis of their social group consists of general citation ARCG and country condition reports. Neither the IJ nor the board may avoid the rigorous analysis required in determining asylum cases. Well, this is, a, this is going to be a big surprise to the board because they routinely do this in denying cases. So now let's get into... Uh, the, what the law is changing. Now that he's gotten rid of AB and ARCG, he says this. Uh, and this is on page 340. An asylum applicant has the burden of showing her eligibility for asylum, which includes, one, identifying a cognizable social group, two, establishing group membership, three, persecution based upon that membership, and four, that the government is unwilling or unable to protect this from it. All of those are correct. That's, that wasn't changed in ARCG. That, that has been the law. Perfect. And that's found in 8 CFR 28.13a. Um, and then he says this, of course, if the asylum application is fatally flawed in one respect, for example, the failure to show membership in a social group, an immigration judge or board need not re-examine the remaining elements of the asylum claim. Uh, citing to matter of Perez, uh, Perez Robanales versus versus uh, versus ZHS, that ends this aspect of the matter. Please. Failure to satisfy both the particularity and social distinctness of the requirements defeats her attempt to qualify as a refugee through membership in a particular social group. Now, here's the question. Does this mean that people presenting their claims as credible fear at the port of entry now will be denied credible fear at the port of entry? That's actually the purpose of AB. It's not necessarily to design asylum cases at an immigration court or an IJ level. It's meant to stop the flow of refugees seeking asylum at a port of entry based upon this ground. And so he is now going to turn what is credible fear findings, credible fear um, uh, 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 grants, saying you have credible fear, now you can apply for asylum, into credible fear denials, which will then lead to credible fear appeals to the immigration judge and thus clog the courts even further. But that's, again, Sessions' goal, to stop the flood, the, quote, flood of refugees at our southern border by changing the law. And this, in fact, changed the law. Now, the next thing that Sessions does here, uh, says, he says this, Furthermore, the board may find an immigration judge's factual to be clearly erroneous only if, so he's now changing the law, only if they are illogical or implausible. This actually reverses 
the de novo standard of immigration judge. So under the Department of Regulations, the board may not engage in fact-finding on appeals, and the board may not engage in de novo review of findings of fact determined by an immigration judge and the immigration judge's factual findings, including findings as to the credibility of testimony, shall be reviewed only to determine whether the findings of the IJ are clearly erroneous. And then he cites this. The board may find, he says this, the board may find that immigration judge's factual findings be clearly erroneous only if they are illogical or implausible or, quote, without support in inferences that may be drawn from the facts of the record. And in this, he cites to a, a Ninth Circuit case, Rodriguez versus, versus Holder. But that's not what that case says. Furthermore, he says, the board, quote, cannot, under a clear error standard of review, override or disregard evidence in the record or rely, quote, simply on its own interpretation of the facts. If the board disagrees with the IJ's factual findings, quote, a conclusory pronouncement that the findings were erroneous, quote, does not clearly constitute clear error, close quote. While the board purported to apply the clear error in this case, I cannot simply rely on the board's invocation of the standard. My dad has to determine, quote, the, whether the board faithfully employed the clear error standard and engaged or engaged in proper de novo review. Again, a monumental change in how the board reviews IJ decisions here. Now, we're in the middle of a, an appeal to the Bureau of Immigration Appeals from a judge denying asylum to a Christian convert from Iran. Uh, there, there are numerous errors in that case, just factual uh, and legal errors in the case. And now what he's, what the, what he's saying, the board cannot consider those unless it can identify what those were. So that means as lawyers, we better be identifying what those clear errors are for the judge. Again, this, is a, this matter of AB is a monumental decision, a monumental decision. Uh, here he says, the board admitted the IJ identified discrepancies and omissions of the testimony, but discounted the adverse credibility on various grounds, including the supported affidavits were due greater weight, and the respondents sufficiently explained some discrepancies, and the discrepancies did not ultimately undermine the respondent's account. In so doing, the board failed to give adequate deference to the credibility determinations and properly substituted its own assessment of the evidence. Um, uh, and so this is, this is, again, a massive change in how asylum law will be run at the immigration judge. And then he says, second, the board further erred in concluding the IJ's factual findings concerning the responsibility to leave her relationship and ability to protect her clearly erroneous. Um, now... In support of his father, the judge says, well, you've divorced and moved away from your ex-husband, and you could obtain from the government multiple protective orders. Although the board questioned the significance of these facts in light of other evidence, it did not establish that the IJ's conclusions were illogical or implausible. So that's the new standard, illogical or implausible. Um, that sets, of course, a standard of review that is higher than beyond a reasonable doubt. Illogical and implausible. So only if the judge is completely checked out can you overturn that decision of an immigration judge. Um, and, and then he goes through some other the other areas, the Board of Immigration Appeals. And here, so here's the conclusion: the board, immigration judges, and all asylum officers who do not work for the Attorney General, by the way, should consider the following points when evaluating the asylum application. Here's now Jeff Sessions' directive on asylum, changing asylum law. First, 
One, an applicant seeking asylum or withholding removal based on membership or social group must clearly indicate on the record and before the immigration judge the exact delineation of any proposed particular social group. Second, the judge has the responsibility to ensure that the specific social group being analyzed is included in his or her decision and is critical to the board's appellate review that the proposed group is clear and the record is fully developed. Third, the board must remember that it cannot sustain an applicant's appeal based on a newly articulated social group not presented before or analyzed by the immigration judge. What that's going to mean is a lot of uh, Lozada uh, or ineffective counsel cases going back to the judge. Next, finding no jurisdiction to review a newly... And then he goes this, he goes this. Furthermore, the judges... Board and all asylum officers must consider, not should now, must consider whether internal relocation in the alien's home country presents a reasonable alternative before granting asylum. That's been the law. It's unclear why he's doing this. Maybe he thinks they're not really doing it. Um, And then he says this, finally, um, or it says this, part of that, when the applicant has suffered personal harm at the hands of only a few specific individuals, internal relocation would seem more reasonable than if the applicant were persecuted broadly by her country's government. Finally, there are alternative, with their alternative problems, before we go to final, let's take our last break on the immigration hour, come back in a second, and finish up our analysis of this monumental, groundbreaking decision by Attorney General Jeffrey Beauregard Sessions. Soy Charles Cook, abogado y jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Llámenos hoy si usted tiene problemas con inmigración, si ha sido arrestado, si se casó con un ciudadano o tiene una oferta de trabajo. Nosotros le podemos ayudar. También podemos explicar cómo, qué puedes hacer para recibir los beneficios de inmigración. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, 404-816-8611, o visítenos por el internet a www.immigration.net. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to our last segment here on America's Web Radio. This is Chuck Cook and the Immigration Hour. We've been talking about the Attorney General's decision in matter of AB. I encourage you to read it. Uh, It is groundbreaking. Uh, It is a complete change in how we practice immigration law in the asylum context. But let's talk about this final thing that Jeffrey Beauregard Sessions said. Finally... If there are alternative, proper, and legal means for seeking admission to the United States, other than entering the country illegally and applying for asylum in removal proceedings. Now, 
this is actually a stat. It's a federal treaty. Okay, the asylum statute quote is but one provision in a large web of asylum laws designed to address individuals in many different circumstances. To expand the statute beyond its obviously intended focus to distort the entire immigration framework. Aliens seeking a better life in America are welcome to take advantage of existing channels. In this case, AB entered the country illegally. Initially apprehended by agents, said her reason for the country was to find work and reside. And then decided she was going to claim asylum. There's a very long footnote here that talks about, you know, Jeffrey Sessions' personal on immigration. Um, so finally, he says this. In reaching these conclusions, I do not minimize the vile abuse that the respondent reported that she suffered at the hands of her ex-husband or the harrowing experiences of many other victims of domestic violence around the world. I understand that many victims of domestic violence may seek to flee from their home countries to extricate themselves from a dire situation or to give themselves an opportunity for a better life. But, quote, the asylum statute is not a general hardship statute, close quote. As Judge Wilkinson recognized in Velasquez, the board's recent treatment of a particular social group is at risk is at risk of lacking rigor, um, and therefore he overrules the decision. So we'll move forward here. This will be challenged to the Fourth Circuit. It may be overturned. It may not be overturned. He's going to hope to get Judge Wilkinson on his panel. Um, but what it does do, most importantly, up until the next Attorney General sets this aside, which they almost assuredly will, it stands immigration law on its head with these different statements in here that he does not support. Uh, that he does not uh, uh, give any support for other than what he must do. Uh, and so as he talks about here, let's go back and look at these, um, and what he is, is asking and establishing here to be done, um, saying that the central, that the uh, individual... Uh, the persecutor, this, I think the biggest change for me here is the persecutor is someone unaffiliated with the government. Then the applicant must show that flight from a country is necessary because the home government unwilling to protect her. But here it also established what he's further is that the persecution is such that it's, it almost can be, quote, so lacking that their persecution's actions can be attributed to the government. That that's the new standard for social group, and that sets a much higher standard that's ever been done before, and it has no basis in fact and law. Uh, it is going to be just monumental, David, monumental as part of a uh, uh, an overall plan uh, to limit legal immigration in America. And this decision really is designed again for the new people seeking asylum at our borders uh, or when they are detained. And it is going to be um, something that uh, I think most people uh, are, are going to be stunned to find out are going to have massive uh, consequences uh, uh, for us. Uh, and uh, it's not going to be something that people that practice asylum regularly uh, are going to see as something uh, that are helpful. Now, the last, the last part of our show here, I want to talk about something else that also came out yesterday. Lost in the, the complete rewriting of asylum law is this. The USCIS has established a new office, apparently misappropriating funds from other parts of its project, to target immigrants suspected of citizenship cheating. Uh, uh, citizenship Director Frank Cisna uh, said that his agency is hiring several dozen lawyers and immigration officers to review cases of immigrants who are ordered deported or are suspected of using fake IDs to later get green cards and grant citizenship. Now, I will tell you, 
that over the last years, uh, really since the late 90s, there's been an active movement to go after people and per- prosecute them, remove their citizenship, and put them in jail and deport them from the U.S. when they have lied to get, ultimately, citizenship in the United States. There was a big boost early in the Clinton administration because, I mean, in the Bush administration, because the Clinton administration had a rush to citizenship. Uh, late in the Bush administration, there was a rush to do this. Um, and the Obama administration was pretty effective going after people like this. And really, since late in the Obama administration, there has been a movement, we talked about on the show before, called Operation Janus. Operation Janus, which is to identify people who had underlying removal orders under a different name, then came back with fake passports, ultimately got green cards, ultimately applied for citizenship. Uh, David, I was actually approached yesterday by somebody in the situation that they would they had gotten their they had gotten ordered deported when they were younger, left the country, got a fake ID, came back, somehow got a green card, and then applied for citizenship and gotten citizenship um, like five or six years ago, and now they get a letter saying come in for an interview about your citizenship. And when I said they said why, why do they want to interview me? I said well there's generally only one reason. Did you lie at some point to get a green card? And they put their head down and they go, well, I, I was ordered deported before, but you know, I got a green card under a different name. I said, dude, you're gone. You're probably going to go to federal prison for a little while. You're gone. Did you, did you, or people that apply today that end this, like, they were previously deported, got a green card, and then applied for citizenship. It's like, my God, you, do you not understand the way computers work in 2019 or 2018? You're gone. So they're, they're going to have a coordinated effort, said quote from Frank Sisna. We finally have a process in place to get to the bottom of all these bad cases and start denaturalizing people who should not have been denaturalized in the first place. When we're looking down to it, boil down to it, it's potentially a few thousand cases. Now that's, of course, out of the millions of people that have naturalized. So it's a very, 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 very tiny percentage. But, uh, and I, I applaud them. They should be doing this. People that did this should should be should be denaturalized. But David, there's also a way of people to, to actually get their green cards back. There's actually a fraud waiver that Congress put in the law in Section 237A1H to get their citizenship back and green cards back. And that's what will happen to a lot of people, particularly if they've got family in the United States. In September 2016, an internal watchdog under the Obama administration, you can't fault Obama for not enforcing the law, reported that 315,000 old fingerprint records for immigrants who had been deported or had criminal convictions had not been uploaded to the DHS database that is used to check identities. The same report found that more than 800 immigrants have been ordered to deport under one identity but became citizens under another. Since then, the government's been uploading old fingerprint records dating back to the 90s, and investigators have been evaluating cases for denaturalization. Um, We've had several federal court cases about this as well. Um, And I applaud this. This is what they should be doing. They should be denaturalizing people who abuse the system. You can't say that Jeff Sessions is off base in, in the way he's reinterpreting asylum law and at the same time say it's improper to go after people who have abused the system. They should be going back to people who abuse the system, uh, and I applaud them for doing this. Um, in 19, since 1990, over 305 DNATS cases have been filed, um, um, and uh, 
in this, uh, 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 Matt Hoppe, who's agreeing to have on our show one day, agrees that uh, deportees who lied against him should face consequences, but that other immigrants who made mistakes should get targeted and would not be have their money to fight their court. Well, you know, mistakes are one thing, lying is another, and I have no. No sympathy for people that are lying um, and, and lied to get their citizens. So, I mean, I applaud immigration for doing this, but for many people at the same time, there will be a way to fight back. Um, and uh, we are going to uh, uh, really have a fight going forward, David. It's going to be something that uh, uh, is, is going to be interesting to see what's going on uh, and how this works in the context of Operation Janus going forward. It's all over the country. Uh, and w- all I see by this, David, is DOJ, DHS making more work for immigration lawyers. So once again, making immigration lawyers great again. Uh, a colleague of mine on the web referred to this as the Immigration Lawyers Full Employment Act. You know, true. We're, and it's funny, people say, well, you just don't like Trump or because or they're going to put you out of business. <laughs> yeah, you clearly don't understand immigration law at that point. David, it's been a good show this week. We'll get this out up on the iPod podcast. If you have any questions or comments about this, love to hear them right online uh, about what your comments are. Write me directly at Chuck at Immigration.net. Complaints, as always, go to David at, at uh, David at America's Web Radio.com. Um, make your complaints succinct and to the point so when he deletes them, he will not miss them. Um, uh, but until next week, this also is the, uh, uh, is the annual conference of the American Immigration Law Association. Hopefully, you're going. It's the best place to be to learn about immigration law. So I encourage you to be in San Francisco starting tomorrow night. Be there through Saturday, and we're going to learn all kinds of stuff. I'm speaking Saturday morning, David, on business immigration law. Looking forward to people at that point. Until next week, this is your host, Chuck Cook, of the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración o asuntos que tiene que arreglar, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Tenemos más de 50 años de experiencia haciendo las leyes de inmigración y defendiendo a los inmigrantes. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611 o al www.immigration.net.